0: Hi, my name is Allie Mast. If the term mental illness makes you squirm a little bit, you're definitely not alone. But after living with mental illness for over 20 years, I'm proud to help break down those walls of stigma. When I became a mom in 2017, I realized just how desperate the need was to support people, especially moms, in their mental health journey. It's gonna get a little awkward around here, but cultivating change always is. Welcome to The Mentally Ill Mama. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Mentally Ill Mama. My name is Allie Joy Mast. I am your host. And today, I'm recording in a different location. I'm actually staying at an Airbnb right now. I stayed last night by myself which was awesome. And then tonight, my husband and daughter are going to be joining me and we get to just have um, some quality time together in a new place. And I'm excited about that. So the date that I'm actually recording this is March 20th of 2020. And I'm not exactly sure when this will be released yet. So I have no idea if it'll be recent or not. But if I need to let you know, right now, I I live in Ohio in the United States, and we are experiencing the pandemic as the rest of the world is of the coronavirus. And right now what that means is that a lot of businesses are shut down. A lot of people are either not working or working from home or having to go to work and uh, dealing with their kids not being in school. And there's just a lot of logistics up in the air as well as legitimate health concerns. And it's kind of a scary time right now. And it's honestly just very overwhelming. So right now we're we're still in the first week of quarantine, self-quarantining. I don't think that's really a word, but in the US. So we, we really have no idea how long this is going to go on for. And that in and of itself, the not really knowing is really hard for me. I have very intense anxiety. I mean, it's not always very intense, but it has been more intense recently. As I... I know that a lot of people with mental illnesses and those without are experiencing heightened anxiety, depression, obsessive, compulsive behaviors. It's, it's a lot. Uh, and I just actually want to tell you a little, a little story about something that happened to me a couple days ago. And when it first happened, I honestly felt embarrassed, but I don't feel embarrassed about it now. And as I've talked about it with some other people, I've realized that. A lot of people have had this experience, and it's important to share, especially in a time like this. So, about a little over a week ago, I started experiencing uh, heart palpitations, which is something I had never experienced before. And it mostly happened in the evening, but I also didn't know if that's just because that's when I would finally like not be that busy, and then I would just like lay on the couch and I would feel my heart, doing weird things. And I felt it so clearly. And, you know, usually, at least for me, like I have to be really still and quiet. And then I'd be like, okay, there's my heartbeat. But this was like, I could be super distracted watching TV really loud. And I feel my heart going and it's, uh, it's you know, doing weird things. It's feels off. It uh, goes fast and then it skips beats and then it adds beats and also I as the days progressed I started feeling like um tightness in my chest and that you know really scared me And, and there was even a point where I felt some pain going down my left arm and I was like okay this is not okay it was getting worse um I had a theory as to why I was having the heart palpitations I thought it had to do with um medicine interactions. I just started taking an allergy pill and looked up that there was some interactions with that allergy pill and the antidepressant that I take. So I stopped taking it, but I was still having the heart palpitations. But in my head it was still related to that. Um but I just was getting progressively more scared that something was seriously wrong with me and as a twenty five year old I you know, you don't really think about having heart issues and I really wanted to get it checked out and also like in this reality that we're living in right now, if I did have a heart issue, like I need to know that. <laughs> because I'm probably much more susceptible then to the coronavirus. Uh, so I, I ended up going to the ER and told them what was going on. I kind of felt like they were looking at me funny because I, <laughs> I didn't really seem distressed. It wasn't like I was in aggravating pain or anything. But I just really wanted to get it checked out. And, and they were really kind to me there. And I ended up getting quite a bit of blood work done one number came back elevated but my doctor said that that specific blood test there's a very high percent of false positives but if it i mean don't ask me specifics i honestly don't know but the blood test was for if you have a blood clot and if the number is outside of a certain range like you could have a blood clot but also you probably don't and so they had a CAT scan done, which scared me for many reasons. Mostly my wallet got scared. Um, but I kept telling myself, you know, like I need to take care of myself. Like if I refuse this, like I'm just going to keep wondering, well, what if, what if, what if? So I got it done. Everything was fine. And as I talked to the doctor, it became evident that this was most likely related to my anxiety. And Honestly, when I first got into the hospital, I wasn't allowed to have anybody come back with me, which I was fine with, honestly. <laughs> I was I was uh, welcoming some time to myself. Um, I got settled. I got registered. I was laying in this bed. They pull the curtain, so I have somewhat privacy. And I just felt this, like, weight lifted off of my chest. And I felt this, like, literal sigh of relief, like, <sighs> I can breathe again. And then I realized I'm probably fine. Like my heart is probably fine. Um, but my anxiety is not. and I'm not doing very well. And that was when I first got checked in. But I, you know, I still was like, well, I need to find out for sure that that's what's going on. Um, so I got discharged. And uh, at that point, I was feeling guilty, which having OCD my whole life um, for me, I, I, really struggle with underlying guilt about the majority of things I do. And I was feeling guilty that I went to the ER when nothing was really urgently wrong with me. And I kept trying to get my husband to reassure me he wasn't mad at me. Like he never expressed that he was mad at me, but I was just so afraid that he was mad at me. And I didn't get to bed till like 2.30 that night. And thankfully my therapist had an opening and I was able to go in, um, not the date, after that happened, but the following day, which was yesterday, and we talked through it, and she pulled out her—I uh, honestly don't DSM—I think that's what it's called, the DSM Five—and was giving me the list of symptoms of a panic attack, and we realized that I had been having panic attacks every day for five days, and I, but I didn't realize that that's what it was. Because mentally, I was trying to suppress my anxiety, but you can't like fully suppress your anxiety. It's going to come out in one way or another. And I was kind of shocked because I've had panic attacks in the past, and it's more like um, overwhelming emotion, like crying so hard that I'm like hyperventilating and I can't really breathe. But it's like, it's very emotionally driven. And this was very like physically driven. And I'm not an expert, and I know that there might be people that will say, well, maybe this is what happened, or maybe this is what happened. But I can only speak for myself and my experience. Um, I'm not speaking for you or for your experience. I am in no way a doctor or any kind of a licensed therapist or anything like that. But I do think that sharing my experience can be beneficial, and so that's that's what I'm doing. But realizing that it was panic attacks, it was kind of uh, an eye-opener that I really need to take care of myself. I have been doing some things for self-care, but there have been other things that I know are beneficial that I have been just kind of mm, putting to the bottom of my list, I guess. Like, I wouldn't say that I didn't see them at all as valuable, but I obviously didn't value them enough to do them regularly. And for me, meditation is a huge thing that helps uh, my mental health. And uh, as a side note, I often feel nervous to even talk about that because I know in a lot of Christian circles, like when people talk about meditation, they get kind of like weirded out by it and they think that it's like bad or uh, not biblical or something. And I honestly don't want to go into a lot of that right now because of my underlying guilt that I feel about everything. I really don't want anybody's opinions about that. And it isn't that I'm not welcome to learning. I am, but not from like I, I want to, if I talk to someone trusted about it, I will. But uh, I actually think that meditation is very biblical and very healthy and you can always do things in an unhealthy way, um, but you also can do them in a healthy way. And anyway, I, I figured out a way to make that happen for me and I felt my anxiety levels decrease. They didn't disappear but they decreased. And anyway, i it's only been a couple days since that happened um, and I'm still trying to process it and like it's just so, it's very, very difficult for me and I shared about it on my Instagram and I had uh, numerous people message me that said that they actually had experienced something similar and one girl said that she's been currently experiencing something similar and was like thinking about going to the hospital because of it. And it was I guess like I just didn't realize how normal it was for heart palpitations to be a physical manifestation of anxiety. And I am in no way saying if you're having heart palpitations not to get it checked out, by the way. If you are not feeling comfortable, like please go get it checked out. I'm honestly very happy that I did. Something could have been physically wrong with me. Um, Thankfully, there wasn't. But that doesn't mean it, it couldn't have been. So the moral of the story was I realized that I need to take care of myself. And, and in this, this strange time that we're living in, where so many of us are trying our best to be responsible and not only think about our well-being, but the well-being of uh, the greater population and the vulnerable populations, which I think is so incredibly important. And I do believe that I have a responsibility to my fellow human to not spread this disease and not um, do unnecessary things, not to be disrespectful and not to diminish the experience of those that do have it and those that have other illnesses that, because of the, the pandemic going on, are not able to have the same access to care um, or be able to be with their loved ones in the same way. It is a very difficult time. But if you have mental illnesses, and if you don't, because I think, like I said, a lot of us are experiencing heightened anxiety and other heightened, maybe you're feeling depressed or maybe you're feeling obsessive about something. I mean, There's a lot of different things. I'm, I'm just speaking to the things that I'm experiencing. So if you're experiencing other things, they're just as valid. I just, I'm only speaking about my experience right now. But if you are experiencing anything like that, please know that it is still very important for you to take care of yourself right now. I do think that we need to really consider the responsibility that we have, and I do think that self-quarantining is the best practice that we can do, but that doesn't mean that we have to just put our needs on the back burner. I do want to note also that we are all in different positions, and we have varying access to resources, and I am not negating or denying that. Like, I'm already in therapy. I was able to go see my therapist. We are now going to be switching to an online platform, which I'm excited about. If you are struggling and you don't have access to resources that I mentioned, like you don't have a therapist, um, you're not able to get out of the house, there is always something you can do. Always, always, always. And the very simplest thing you can do is breathe. And I know that many people talk about breathing and it can sound cheesy or dumb or... A lot of different things. But let me tell you, the number one thing that I can do on a regular basis to calm my anxiety is to breathe. And I'm actually going to walk us through just a very simple breathing exercise that is most beneficial to me. Um, and I see it used um, in a lot of different places. My therapist has used it. I've seen it used in like like sleep meditations or guided meditations different things like that, but I don't think it can be done enough. This is obviously not my creation by any means, but it's really helpful. And if you're listening to this, I want to do something to help you today. So all it is, is we're going to breathe in for four counts. You're going to pause for seven counts, and then you're going to exhale for eight counts. And I'm feeling nervous about doing this on here because whenever I record, um, I can feel my heart rate go up a little bit. So I'm always afraid I'm going to sound a little too breathy, like I'm out of breath, but that's okay. So I might not do it perfectly and that's all right. It's not about being perfect. It's about doing something beneficial that's going to help calm us down. Okay, so we're going to breathe in for four counts. So one, two, three, four. And then hold for seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then exhale for eight. One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. How are you feeling? Did that feel helpful to you at all? I hope that it did. Uh, we're going to do it uh, two more times because I think uh, the more times we do it, the better it is. Helps get our oxygen flowing. All right, let's do it again. We're going to go in for four. One, two, three, four. Hold for seven. One, Two, three, four, five, six, seven. And exhale for eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Inhale for four. One, two, three, four. Pause for seven. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, and exhale for eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Awesome job. I would encourage you to do that Um, just like throughout the day, maybe when you wake up in the morning, maybe midday, and when you go to bed. My therapist recommended uh, when I wake up before every meal and before I go to bed, but honestly, I... I've, hard time remembering all those times. But every time I do remember, I try and do it at least a couple times. And I just feel my body just start to relax. Then I'm able to realize how much tension I was carrying in my body. So that is just one incredibly small but powerful tool. And I encourage you to use it. Um, I don't know what lies in store for us. But I know that God is good. And I know that we can choose peace. In this situation, I was just listening to a podcast yesterday by Ali Kassaza. Um, If you don't follow her, you should. Her podcast is called The Purpose Show. I think it was episode 145. And it was about choosing peace in the midst of all of this. And uh, it really got to me because I realized that I do have an anxiety disorder. And so sometimes I feel aggravated by someone telling me to choose peace. But I realized that I cannot choose everything. I have an anxiety disorder. Um, but I do have some choice and I don't need to give that up just because I don't have all the control. I still have some control and probably more than I think I do. So that was a big encouragement to me. And I just, this is such a strange time. Like, I just also want to encourage you to let go of expectations that you have for yourself that are weighing you down. Um, I've talked before about getting out of diet culture, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but being on social media right now is really hard. There's like all these weird memes about how people are so afraid about gaining weight during quarantine. And, um, look at my cool home workout. Please do my home workout Now you have no excuse. You have no excuse. You can do this workout every day. And you you don't need to, to feel guilty about any of that. It's a strange time. Just eat (laughs) whatever that looks like for you. Um, please don't not eat. Move if it feels good to move, absolutely. But don't ever feel guilted into it and don't make it feel like, well, if I'm home all day now, I have no excuse. Like, no, you you don't have to like justify yourself to anybody. I before I did this podcast, I all of a sudden was like, I just want to run up and down the hallway. And I did a few times just because it felt good and then I stopped. And it was great because in the past I would have started and then I would have felt like, well, now I have to do this twenty times. And then I have to count out every time. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. And now I'm saying goodbye to that because that has never helped me one time. All right. I have lots of love for you guys. If you have any other suggestions of ways to help cope with mental health, mental illnesses, please uh, leave a comment, um, send me a message. I'll probably make a post on Instagram about this episode. You could leave a comment there. And always feel free to direct message me also. I hope that you guys are staying safe. I hope that you guys are having some sort of fun and I hope you guys are watching a lot of Netflix if that's what you like to do because I know I am all right guys be safe out there have an awesome day and I will talk to you soon thank you for listening to this podcast that means so freaking much to me and hopefully to you too with every episode my heart is for you for your growth connection education and of course your mental health if listening brought you joy, comfort, or understanding, I would love it if you leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen. You are the bomb.com, and don't you forget it. From the mentally ill mama to you, we'll see you next week.